Welcome to the PowerShell News Podcast. I'm your host, Harjit Dalawal. And I'm the co-host, Mick Pletcher. Hi, Mick. Hey, Harjit. It's been a while. Yeah, it has. It's uh, been, I guess, a little over a month since we uh, did our last podcast. Yeah, life has been happening, man. It's been Things have been busy, lots of stuff going on. <laughs> Oh, definitely. I know you've uh, you've been traveling a fair amount, and I've been busy, busy myself. Right, right. Yeah, it's beginning of this year has been full of travels, and I'm really grateful for it. Um, I've been uh, speaking at the Microsoft Ignite tours um, across um, across the pond, <laughs> and so to speak. Uh, so it's 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 been really fun, and you know I've been to. Uh, Milan uh, at the end of uh, uh, January for the tour there, and then uh, Johannesburg, South Africa, uh, following that, the following week. And then I just recently came back from Dubai for the tour. So I've been delivering a couple of sessions uh, for the uh, Microsoft Endpoint manager team and uh, Microsoft Endpoint Manager sessions, uh, part of the learning the learning path sessions, right? They, which is what they did at uh, at Ignite in uh, uh, Chicago. I mean, sorry, uh, New uh, Orlando. Nice. So, uh, what was your favorite city? I have to say, uh, Dubai was really awesome. I really enjoyed Dubai. I think we, because the weather was 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 pleasant and. It didn't feel as expensive to me for the things that I did. Uh, you know, the, the food was amazing. It was fairly cheap for the places that I went, very local stuff, a lot of Indian food and, you know, Arabic food and stuff like that. Uh, transportation was pretty reasonable. They have everything there. I mean, it was the infrastructure is great. It's clean. It's very safe. Um, and it was nice to visit. It was, they had a lot of nice things to see and stuff like that. You know, like the Burj Khalifa and the Burj Al Arab, and you know things like that, and the largest mall in the world, and it's it was fantastic. Milan was also really nice. Um, it obviously it's Europe, so it was a bit more on the older side of things, right? Had an older feel because it's an old city. There was this mega church, the Duomo, um, that's in uh, Milan. That was really interesting to see. I drank a ton of coffee in Milan though. I mean, I was drinking coffee like espressos. Like you won't believe. <laughs> <laughs> so I Johannesburg was all right. It wasn't my favorite. Especially like I felt like I had to be on guard at all times due to the crime factor there, you know? Uh, mm-hmm. crime is an issue. People were a little anxious and stuff like that with, you know, safety. And so you were always on guard. So that was kind of uh, uh, not as fun, I I found. So did, Uh, um, so I'm assuming there were some PowerShell uh, speeches at some of these Ignite. uh, I believe so, but I didn't get a chance to actually uh, check them out because I was busy with my own stuff, uh, with my sessions. And then I also had to do some um, expert uh, duties, right? We had to cover the the um, expo hall area as as experts for anywhere from three hours to five hours and stuff like that. And, you know, so that took up a lot of our time. So I didn't get to go to sessions and stuff like that. I just did a lot of mingling and, and 
interacting with attendees and answering their questions and stuff. Yeah. Sure. Well, are you uh, going to be going anywhere else? Yeah, I'm headed to uh, Zurich uh, at the end of next week. And um, I'm stopping over in Amsterdam and Rome for a couple of days just before, just to check it out while I'm there. So why not? Uh, but yeah, I'm speaking again in Zurich. And then I'll be back. And then we have MVP Summit in uh, Seattle. Um, and then at the beginning of April, I'm heading to India, to Mumbai and uh, Bangalore uh, for the tour there. Nice. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so you've got a full schedule here and uh, well, while we're also trying to squeeze in some episodes. Yeah, exactly. And, and also catching up with, you know, your regular day job too, right? So, you know, you come back from your trips and then you dive right back in into your your work full time. And then, you know, while you're traveling, you're also trying to do some remote work. And, you know, so it's just always on the go. Oh, I know exactly what you mean. I I myself am just absolutely swamped. I mean, I'm uh, president of the local um, the community foundation chapter, and we're working right now on uh, uh, scholarships. And, and actually, we had some great news today that uh, I'm, I'm digging into further. But, um, you know, most people look at scholarships for only uh, high school and college students. But right. we, all, we also service uh, or have scholarships for uh, non-traditional students. And one of the nice things is there's uh, a chapter here in Nashville called the Nashville Technology Council. And I found out today in our uh, lunchtime meeting that there is actually a scholarship they have. And what I'm hoping, it's not 100% sure yet that it may be able to be uh, applied for for the um, PowerShell on-ramp program. Oh, nice. Yes. I'm yeah. really, of course, the thing is they have to be a, a Nashville resident for it. So it's, you know, it limits it down to that. But I'm really looking uh, forward to this uh, while we were at, in the meeting that came up and I, w- I was really excited about hearing that. Awesome. Excellent. Excellent. So I'm kind of so, kind of myself, you know, swamped for this month trying to get all the get high school and college students to apply yeah. for scholarships. True. True. Yeah. So let's dive in a little bit into PowerShell and Windows because um, that's what we do. Um, yep. So you have been really excited um, after our our last uh, podcast with um, our friend Jason Helmick, who emphasized on Windows Terminal, and you have dived into it, right? Yes, and I am absolutely loving it. All right. All right. So the uh, so I downloaded it uh, right after our uh, podcast uh, recording there and uh, installed it. I also have now PowerShell Seven installed. Uh, on our systems. So what the nice thing about all this is, is uh, PowerShell 7 is really bringing uh, so much more functionality being cross-platform. Well, the terminal kind of uh, gives you this, you know, the the old command line window, and it gives you the tabs at the top. So you can go from, uh, let's say, uh, PowerShell Core to PowerShell 5, just like Jason was talking about. And I'm going to tell you, I'm absolutely loving that. Okay, so so you can you can switch between the tabs and and have different versions of PowerShell. Yes. Oh, that's okay. That's neat. All right. Yes, and and actually, I tell you, I love it so much. And of course, you know, the the average user isn't going to use this, but I've actually put it into our build now. Okay. 
And it's uh, and it's going out. Uh, I'm working on doing the uh, Windows 10 1909 upgrade, which I'm going to be um, blogging on soon. I finally uh, got through a few hiccups that I think uh, some other uh, admins might experience in this. I'm okay. going to write a blog on it. But yeah, I, I right. really love Terminal. So what do you so what do you what do you tell people who have been on the uh, path with or pro on uh, Visual Studio Code, which is the, the new thing that people have switched over to uh, compared to this terminal stuff? Yes. Well, I mean, you know, it, it's it all depends. I mean, to be honest with you, I st- I don't use the, uh, that yet. I am I'm still old school. Um, yeah, me too. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I'm still using ISE on very rare occasions, especially like if I'm on, um, uh, let's say I'm on a test system. You know, I'm not going to have the uh, have that installed on it, but I'm still using PowerShell Studio. Okay. Primarily, right. and and I'm I'm still, I mean, it's it's great, and I've still got a subscription and uh, to it, and absolutely love it. Uh, Getting updates and all that stuff, yeah. Exactly. Right, so. Right. And of course, you know, PowerShell Studio has so much functionality, and Microsoft's catching up, though, no doubt. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I, you know, Visual Studio Code has a lot of, you know, cool stuff in it. You know, whatever. Um, you know, to me, it's like use what you're comfortable with. Use what what you feel works well yep. for you. You know, yep. if it is, you know, some sometimes I'll use the regular command prompt to run, you know, certain commands. Yep. Because it's just simpler, and I know you know it, it'll work. And and sometimes I use the you know the traditional PowerShell console and stuff like that. And sometimes ISE, and you know it is what it is, right? I mean, it is. And and some of it, you know, is just preference. Everybody yeah. has different preferences. Right, right. There's no real right or wrong way. Uh, it just depends on how how your style of programming. Right. So yeah. So I guess. Windows terminal is the the new the new hot stuff, and both you and Jason have been really, you know, promoting it and very happy with it. So I think uh, it would be a good idea for people to give it give it a try. I do too. I I really think that everybody should definitely give it a try. Maybe not go as far as I have with deploying <laughs> it out to every uh, system, but yeah, it's definitely worth uh, trying. And then also, I mean, I've also uh, deploying PowerShell 7 out. Uh, I am right. absolutely loving that. And here's one thing that that about PowerShell 7. You know, the uh, Git WMI object, which is a very common one, that no longer exists. Oh, it doesn't? No, it does not exist. Uh, there was a blog, and I'm, I can't recall who. I think it was actually Jeff Hicks a while back. It was probably early last year. Had written, uh, stop using Git uh, WMI object. Okay. And he's right. It does not exist. Uh, you go, you're going to CIM in. Uh, oh, right, right, right. Yes, yes. CIM instance. Yes. Yep. Okay. That's the replacement for it. So you just got to get used to uh, some of that stuff like that. I see. Okay, okay. So some of the the commandlets and stuff have been de- deprecated. Yes. Okay. So the other thing is uh, there was a blog post earlier this month um, saying uh, Microsoft outlines early progress on PowerShell secrets management. 
Mm-hmm. What, do you, what, do you, what, what do you know about that? Um, I don't know a lot. I just happened to see it. Um, okay. It, it's, uh, I mean, it sounds interesting. I think, I think it, it's, it's something about module. The module has a better way to secure and share PowerShell scripts. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I guess it's more, more of a security uh, focused. That's what it sounds like. Right. Uh, yeah, and, and this apparently it was talked about at uh, Microsoft Ignite, right? Uh, in a uh, in a session there about the um, uh, man. It, they said that the abstract layer in PowerShell be used to manage secrets both in uh, local vaults and remote vaults. Okay, okay, yeah, and it's going to be generally available, I think, in uh, late spring or early summer of this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's when people can. Uh, can get their hands on on it. So okay, so that's that's um, another topic there. Um, and then uh, let's talk about PowerShell error handling. Yeah, uh, you know we talked about that earlier, um, especially from Microsoft Ignite, the um, uh, error, about error handling and some of the new uh, functionality coming out in uh, With PowerShell, uh, PowerShell Seven. 7. Mm-hmm. Right. And uh, of course, first thing is install PowerShell Seven. <laughs> <laughs> Get okay. it. Uh, it. It is awesome. But the um, error handling in it, so some of the stuff that I saw, they're formatted differently. Or they're better, better, how should I put it, tongue-tied there. They're formatted better <laughs> in uh, PowerShell 7 to be able to read the actual errors. Basically, they don't give good descriptions, so they're they're hard to, um, to, to, to code. Right, right, to decipher and stuff like that, right? Yes, yes, okay. exactly. Like to pass out what the errors are and stuff like that, so it's not as easy to 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 do that. Exactly. Okay. Yes. Okay. And those are some great improvements they have on it. And actually, you can find the article out here. Uh, Adam Bertram wrote it, and it's out on uh, Tech Target. And the, oh, the yeah. title of the article is uh, "What's New with PowerShell Error Handling." Okay. Yeah. So that's cool. So that's that's another cool thing in uh, PowerShell Seven. There's another thing that uh, also came out that I thought was interesting, but to be expected, PowerShell is now uh, being used once again with ransomware. Yeah, I heard about that. Yeah. Yep. There's a uh, there was an article in um, Security Boulevard about this, and uh, <laughs> we we know it's coming. We know more and more, you know, of PowerShell is going to be used for um, viruses, for ransomware. You know, it's inevitable. PowerShell is a powerful tool. It is a powerful tool. It's being used by practically everyone for their day-to-day, you know, work and automation and you know all that stuff. And of course, it's going to be exploited. Exactly. And right. it's it's just going to be uh, become more and more common to see uh, PowerShell used in these um, infections. Yeah. So, I'll yeah. be. It'll be interesting to see how. We are protected from all of this stuff, uh, you know, uh, more security focus in, in PowerShell and how scripts are run and how, you know, commandlets are run and stuff like that. Well, I tell you what I hope we don't see is people getting scared of PowerShell and saying, I don't want that in my environment. Exactly. Yeah. That's what I hope we don't see, because I could actually see that happening. Some uh, well, companies out here say, hey. I don't want to have anything to do with that. We're going to use PowerShell as little as possible. Well, I've I, it's already 
it's really started. I mean, even a while back with PowerShell remoting, a lot of organizations have, you know, I've heard, you know, don't allow that. Yes. You know, like, oh, wait, no, no, no. You, 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 you can, you know, remotely run PowerShell to across the wire and stuff like that. And, you know, they, so they blocked all of that stuff. But, you know, a lot of organizations are now starting to realize, too, they can't block it, keep blocking it because there are um, applications now that use um, PowerShell remote to yeah. control across the uh, domain there. So Right, right. True, true. Yeah. Especially on the server side. Yeah, ex- exactly. Exactly. So anything new on the Windows, uh, Windows OS platform side? Um, not a lot. Not that I've seen. I mean, oh. I've, I've been looking at, uh, for more newer, newer stuff and I haven't really seen much. Have you? <clears throat> oh, well, I, I'm on 1909 and, uh, you know, I'm, I'm always on the latest and greatest too, because that's, that's how I've always been. Oh yeah. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's doing what it needs to do for me and I haven't really found any issues, uh, except it was just recently, but. Was it a week ago or something where there was a backend issue at Microsoft with search? Mm-hmm. So when you did a, you know, you know, start search and you start typing, you just got this black box and, you know, nothing would work. And, you you know, you couldn't do file export search and all that. Sure. And what it was, it was, you know, people thought, oh, wait, you know, there's a patch that broke it and stuff. And it wasn't a patch. It was just a backend because... Uh, you know, these searches are using, you know, a Bing and Cortana and, you know, mm-hmm. so they had to put a fix in and then, you know, after a couple of reboots that got, that got, that got fixed uh, within the same day. Um, and then I know, you know, with patches, cause patch Tuesday was last week, there was some issues with a few patches and one of them was pulled um, causing various things. And, you know, I have it on my tech, TechConnect uh, site and all that stuff. So yeah, occasionally you'll run into these things. Well, <laughs> I, I tell you one thing that, uh, and it's a little off topic here, off PowerShell, but one thing that um, that I actually deployed out to our uh, IT department here is is the new uh, Edge, and I am. Oh yes, 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 that's right. I love it. Yes, I love the new Edge too. I really do. Um, to be I've honest, been using I've been I'm using not- the beta and the 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 dev and the you know canary mm-hmm. I've had them all mm-hmm. and I'll I'll use different accounts for these different mm-hmm. <laughs> um, bills and and you know and what I like about it now is that you know I can close close the you know the entire session and I'll have reopen and I'll it'll know about my my open open tabs and stuff mm-hmm. which used to be a problem before so that's that's very helpful that's yeah. nice. Microsoft definitely got this right. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, you're right. And I've I've been testing that out. You know, trying to figure out uh, proper deployment for it uh, in the enterprise for Edge, the new Edge. Well, so. you know, you, you know, there is one other thing, and and actually, I was just thought about this. Uh, huge problem I ran into was the Clean Manager uh, for system. So uh, you mentioning the 1909 brought this back. Uh, to mine for me. So Clean Manager, you know, has issues running in a task sequence. Okay. Even, even when you use the Sage Set and Sage Run, it, okay. it, it will get stuck. You kick it off and it will never 
never proceed. It, it, it'll start running and it will stay running forever. So I went went in, wrote, uh, actually I found somebody's script out on the internet and um, that he had written because of this. He had written this PowerShell script and was running um, this to clean out all the, uh, try to clean out all the stuff that uh, Sage set uh, and Sage Run would do using Clean Manager. Okay. And it was, it was pretty good, but yeah, um, Clean Manager, I don't know what it is, but PowerShell does not, it is not friendly be, uh, being when uh, Clean Manager isn't when you use PowerShell to call it. It just gets stuck. And okay. I've Googled, I've Googled, gone out, researched, and there are other people that say the exact same thing, but yes, it does stick. And there's, you know, the, usually you can use the start dash process and, uh, you know, execute a, um, an executable like this and use the Sage run. Uh, it, nothing. Uh, but isn't it, I thought I read somewhere that, it, it 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 tries to detect mouse movement or something like that to make sure it's still active and mm-hmm. run the processes. And and there was actually a uh, there's a PowerShell script out there also that and that I, and I tried that there's a PowerShell script out there that can move the mouse, but it was unsuccessful for. Ah, interesting. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So that was one thing that I really I worked probably a good week on trying to get to run and just never yeah. could. And um, so anyway, uh, going from there, I went ahead and took this guy's PowerShell script, and I wish I had actually uh, remembered this and I would have um, called out his name on here because it was a great script he wrote. The only mm-hmm. thing he couldn't do was it couldn't uh, delete all of the Windows that old directory. Oh, okay. You know, because okay. you don't want to leave that on there because that's taking up, you know, a good oh, yeah, chunk yeah. of space. Oh, yeah, yeah, gigs of it, yeah. Yeah. You know what you should do next time when you find articles like that? Uh, use um, use OneNote. And, yes. And, and what, what OneNote will do, so I use, I use uh, Google Chrome, and I have an extension in Google Chrome called Clip to OneNote, I believe. Mm-hmm. That's what it's called. Mm-hmm. So when I find you know, useful articles or KBs and things like that, I'll do a clip and it'll open up OneNote. It'll have the entire, um, uh, you know, article or whatever I want. And then it'll also add the, the URL automatically in there. Oh, so, yeah. So then you can put it into whatever notebook or section or page that you want. So this way you could have, you know, you could have had his link. Uh, well, actually, in- actually, I just found it. I'm I'm actually logged into the SCCM server now. His name was Fabian Castagna, uh, oh, C-A-S-T-A-G-N-A, cool. and he uh, he had that uh, script that uh, uh, it called Windows underscore cleanup dot ps one, and it it was a great script. It's just the okay. only problem it couldn't do is it couldn't um, wipe the Windows that old because. After working with that for a whole week, Windows that old, trying to, uh, to delete it, you have to like kill. You have to do a scan. You have well, to go through first and take ownership of the whole folder. Then you well, got to. Well, the other thing is that Windows that old doesn't show up in your basic uh, clean manager. You have to. You know what I'm talking about when you when you, you launch this cleanup, you have to click on system. That's where you have to do the sage set and set all those, you know, exactly. check all those boxes, including that. Yeah. And right, then right. do the sage run. But right. 
I actually, I finally figured out a way to actually delete it very easily in a task sequence. Oh. Uh, yes. So what you can do is, and I'm actually going to be blogging this too. What you can do is, is um, in your task sequence. So once I have it installed, the new operating system, then it comes back and it reboots the machine, but reboots it into WinPE where that directory is no longer being used because here's the problem with windows.old windows.old still has um or the operating system that is is still using drivers from windows.old and they they are loaded in the uh task manager i see okay that's why that's one of the reasons why you can't just delete that <clears throat> but if it's uh you know mounted in winpe nothing's using it and you can delete it right from there okay so you got to step in in your task sequence for that Yep, boots into WinPE, deletes that uh, directory out, and then reboots back in, loads the regular operating system back okay. up, and it's gone. So, so you should blog the the scripts that you you created for this, and then also you should <clears throat> probably do a a screenshot of your task sequence steps. Got, I've already got all those ready. In fact, you know what's funny is I was uh, actually there was another problem. I was almost um, published this. And I had another problem that I was trying to figure out because we're deploying two versions of the operating system, okay. 1903 first and then 1909. The reason for that is in 1903 is when the uh, reserve space was first introduced. Okay. And if you do an in-place upgrade um, straight to, let's say, 1909, you can turn the key, flip the key on for reserve space, but which it's going to reserve seven gigs on the drive for any future updates. But the problem is it doesn't actually reserve it until the next uh, Windows upgrade. Okay. So that's why I set it up and I figured out how to actually do this, where the task sequence will run twice. The first time it runs and installs the 1903, flips that key, then it comes back and installs 1909, and the key, it sees the key flipped, and then it reserves 7 gigs. And so the next one, what will it be? Uh, 2009 should be the no, next. 2003. Well, 2003, right. that one, but we're skipping the spring one now, uh, just right, for li right. licensing uh, issues. For um, you know, the but, spring one is a much. The licensing, I mean, you mean you mean support, like the time support. Frame. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Um, it's much shorter than the fall uh, yes. previous version is. So we're only doing the fall one. So then our next one will be uh, 2009. Okay. So. When we do 2009, 7 gigs is already there on the drive, and there won't be an issue of somebody that has low disk space. Okay, okay. Oh, that's cool. This, uh, this is something I want to see on your blog, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I was getting ready to publish it, and then actually literally this morning it dawned on me how to uh, make a task sequence run twice uh, in SCCM. interesting. I've, I've have, I haven't seen someone do that before. Yep. Here, but the problem is, is so here was the problem with running the task sequence and doing an in-place upgrade. The in-place, the task sequence, so when you're doing an in-place upgrade in there, the task sequence itself, once you've initiated the in, the uh, upgrade of the OS itself, the task sequence has to stop. Uh, well, I take that back. The the Windows upgrade itself will not ever end until the task sequence is done. Okay. Meaning, so you do the first um, in-place upgrade, like to 1903, for instance. We're right. on eight, we're on 1809 right now. So then, you, if you try to run the 1909, it's not going to run because it still sees 1903 running. 
And it, it doesn't matter if you reboot, even when you reboot, it comes right back up and reinitiates the 1903. It will do that for indefinitely until that whole task sequence is done. So how did you work around that? Uh, actually, this is this is what I figured out. So have uh, have SCCM uh, run that through, and then I put a, a marker in there, uh, what's called an in task sequence. Um, mm-hmm. It's called actually called the name of the variable ENDTS. And so when it finishes installing the 1903 version, it sets that to a one, meaning okay. in this task sequence. So then when it goes to say, okay, I'm going to upgrade to 1909. One of the stipulations in there is it, the NTS um, is equal to zero. So it skips uh, over that. And then it's a successful build. What happens is I set the deployment itself to, re, um, uh, to rerun if successful. That was a key. And you probably saw my uh, post the other day on Facebook how I solved uh, this one issue. And I took a screenshot of that part of SCCM. Yeah, yeah. That was my that's what solved it. So it will rerun the task sequence if the last time it ran was successful. So it reruns it again. It skips over the 1903, runs the 1909, and then that's another successful. Then what happens is a hardware inventory is um, initiated on the system, uh, which I have those run once a day. And then the collection that it's deployed to will remove the system from that collection. Beautiful. It'll never rerun again. That's beautiful. Yeah. Oh, yeah. This is a good blog post. Yeah. So I'm uh, I'm kind of excited because I'm going to tell you, I've worked on this for probably a good two and a half weeks trying to uh, figure all this out. And yeah. it's funny. It all came to me just this morning. Yeah. Yeah. And then make sure you, you, know, you put down Fabian in there too and his, and his blog post. Absolutely. Yeah. I'm going right. to definitely uh, do that. I mean, I, I commented some of his stuff out, like trying to clean up the windows.old because I, I, I never could get that part to work, but, you know, figured a way around it. So good, yeah. good, good. All right. Okay. This is great stuff. Great info. Uh, this is exactly what, you know, uh, we want everyone to hear. Absolutely. So, all right. So if anybody else has, um, better ways to work around these things, uh, with uh, disk cleanup and whatnot, let us know. We would love to learn from you. Please, so. yes, because, uh, I mean, I really struggled there with Clean Manager for a while. <laughs> if you all know a better way, I'm definitely welcome to it. Yeah. All right. So I think it's been a good show, and uh, we'll catch up soon. And um, until next time, I'm Hodget, and you'll find me on Twitter as at Hooch, H-O-O-R-G-E. And I'm Mick Pletcher, and you can find me on Twitter at Mick underscore Pletcher. All right. Cheers. Cheers. Cheers.